This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Harry's Razors. Stop overpaying for your razors. For just $15, get a razor moisturizing shave cream and three razor blades. Visit harrys.com. That's harrys.com and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first order. Today's show is also sponsored by Score Big. Next time you go see any game or show, go to Score Big first and see how much you can save. Head over to scorebig.com right now. Click on the microphone, enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN, and you'll save an extra $20 off your first ticket purchase. That's scorebig.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, you Birkenstock rockers? You love that acoustic stuff, don't you? You just love granola and Birkenstocks and going to the amphitheater and watching Dave Matthews Band. Well, not this isn't quite that, but we got some new Emory acoustic shows that I think you might be interested in, so get your asses to the Northwest, Portland, and Seattle. So yeah, that's going to be April 29th in Portland on Friday and April 30th on Saturday night in Seattle. It's going to be awesome. We'll pro- we may even announce some special guests or do some special stuff. I'm not exactly sure yet. If you live, you know, I don't know, west of the Mississippi, I would start heading this way. Uh, if you're on foot, of course, or walking or on a bike. And it leaves pretty soon uh, in a couple of weeks if you're going to be driving, make a trip out of it. You could leave the day before if you're going to fly to get here. Uh, you know, figure that out for yourself. There's just some pretty good mapping software and uh, travel sites and, and things that'll help you. But we expect to see everybody. The tickets are there right now. There's only 100 available. Very special, very exclusive. Everybody's really enjoyed this so far. It's been magical every time we've done it. So get them now. Get them quick. All right, other thing to tell you is the Break It Down podcast. I just did How to Lose $5,000 Part 2 update. And guess who my guest is? It was the promoter of the festival that owes us $5,000. His name is Zar, and I did something really fun. I did the thing on a really cool video interview. So go to BreakItDownPod.com. Watch me interview the promoter that owes us $5,000 face-to-face. BreakItDownPod.com. All right. Take it away, douchebags. Hi, hi, hi. Joe, are you rolling? Yeah, I'm rolling. Let's do this. I said a three, two, one, hit it. Yo, this yo, 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 PCP in the house. PCP in the house. Yeah, jab right. jaw, mother. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you still, I mean, uh, you'll say mother. <laughs> I mean, are you going to always like just say half of cuss words? Well, it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uck. You son of a. Well, that, is that clear you? Huh? Like, are you really not cussing? Like people change, you know, like I've heard people say instead of son of a bitch, go sit on a bench mm-hmm. or something like that, right? It, can you just leave off a letter of a cuss word and you're clear? No, I think, I think for some people you it go, means mother ucker. It seems to make all the difference for some people. So. I, I guess you could t- definitely take the opposite point of view there and say that to basically what you've done is lead somebody into having to think about and picture and go through with the cuss word in their head and leaving yourself absolved of guilt, which is a really selfish thing to sit, do, to call somebody a mother. Fu- 
Now you've made them say fucker in their head well, because you, of well, you, and yet you get off scot-free because you didn't say it. So I think I that's quite an asshole thing to do. Well, I don't have any guilt because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's well, the, that's you might, if, or you would go ahead and say it. I no, think that's not true. I'm, I'm just going to, nobody true. can say anything if I, self, I don't say it in front of my grandma. If Same I self-censor, thing. I'm saying I'm okay. Hey, yeah. you son of a itch. I'm going to fuck you up. Well, part of the problem too is like that was not, I wasn't planned. That I was like, oh, shoot. I'm not going right. to say that. But you wouldn't do it in front of your kids because you don't want the implication to be something for them to have to deal with. So you well, are putting yeah. it on the other person when you do that. No, someone just asked me uh, actually on our Facebook page, BC oh, Club. Oh, they did? They, yeah. they corresponded through social media. Yeah. If you want to join the BC Club, just go to badchristian.com forward slash contribute. So on our BC Club Facebook page. If you don't, like, fuck you. <laughs> someone actually asked, like, uh, wh- what do you think about listening to the podcast in front of your kids? And then that led to, do you cuss in front of your kids? The only reason why... Like, I'm not super protective about cuss words in front of my kids, but the only reason why I don't want them cussing right now is because I don't think that they have the maturity level to know when and when not to. Well, I you you seem to also lack the same maturity level, <laughs> many would say. <laughs> Maybe you're right when you're that. 40, then, then, you could, uh, then you'll be able to handle it as well. So, by the way, That's happy birthday to Toby, who is now 40 years 40 old. 40 years old today. It! It! I don't want to be for it! <laughs> I actually don't mind it at all. I'm kind of chill. I feel like, kind of like George Feeling Clooney. Good? You know how like George Clooney kind of has gray hair and everybody thinks he's super handsome. I think like he was voted handsomest man in the world or something or by People Magazine or something. Most attractive when he was like in his 40s or 50s. Well, so are you going to stop dyeing your nostril hair now and just embrace it? Hell no. I'm gonna, I dye all things possible. <laughs> I want to look young forever. But I just... I mean, the truth is, nothing really changed. Now, what's this terrible? Literally, it's my 40th birthday, and my back went out. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like, I'm serious. I just taking the kids to school. I just helped them get out of the car, and I promise I thought I was going to the ground. Like, all of a sudden, my, the breath was taken from me, and I went, oh, my back. Uh, uh, and I was like, shit, I'm 40 years old, <laughs> and my body today decided to go out on me. Like, I haven't been able to work out at all for the last two days. Like, it's just, it's just really crappy. But I will tell you guys that my goal, starting right before Thanksgiving of last year, was to get in the best shape of my life, and I made it. You did. I, yep, I did it. I, am, I literally had the most muscle and the best weight uh, ratio, I guess, of my life. And it's only going to get better. I've been doing, you know, but I'm just, I have been working hard, so I'm really happy. But uh, Your longevity in the bed is a lot better from what you told me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, literally, sex now for me seven eight hours yeah it's i mean and that's just that's that's being conservative right yeah matt how long is it for you yeah, um so it's real similar i probably i got a little more work to do seven seven or eight minutes i'm the same as you <laughs> wait what did you say yeah 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 yeah. um but one thing i noticed i'll get to this in a second right now emory's in a a plant a festival season like yeah we are playing tons of festivals we just got back from texas one festival some good and some bad right yeah, yeah some festivals are good some are bad one didn't work out that good for us the other one was great unbelievable like, yeah, yeah. Look, i want to make a note about that too that we uh we had some trouble at the first festival we played down in south texas that we talked about on the break it down podcast it's on our right. facebook but the other one we played was great and that was so what festival and just for the record that festival is awesome amazing we had the best time most fun show we played in a really long time yeah great 
stage, great sound. Everything was set up really well. Everybody knew what they were doing. It was just a lot of fun for us in Emory. Um, we got audio feed coming up soon, too, which is really cool because we're going to actually have a, a Bad Christian Day. Yeah. So oh, not yeah. only is Emory going to be there, Joey, you're going to be there. Yeah. And this, this is kind of from the ashes. It's like the phoenix from the ashes of uh, Cornerstone Festival. And now they do audio feed, and it's been going really well. We've only heard good things up until this point, and so we've been in talks with them. We're actually even going to have a Bad Christian Day, which I'm super excited So about. obviously with this... Uh, including travel, they're going to get depressed, Joey, but that's okay. Yep, yeah, yeah there'll, be little, there. there'll be little pockets. Of, Actually, that uh, is hilarious. Joey. You're, there's a day that you're sponsoring at this <laughs> festival, and everyone there that knows you will know that you're depressed. Yeah, <laughs> guaranteed. I mean, they're going to just totally know. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. But this is going to be a great festival, too. It's in Illinois. You just got to go check it out, audio feed. I believe.com. Just go to badchristianday.com is what yeah, you want to yeah, go. Because we, if you go through our link there and buy your ticket there, which please do it, please do it sooner than later, then uh, that'll benefit us. That helps us out if you go through and tell them you're coming because you're a Bad Christian fan. Emery will be there with Devin. We're going to do an acoustic set with Devin and the yep. podcast live there. And we'll make sure to meet everybody as well. So we'll have fun. we got a few more festivals this summer to do, and that's going to be the best one for sure. Sweet. Um, well, Speaking of festivals, though, so we're at that the really awesome festival, So What Festival, and um, it was funny. I was like kind of in a goofball mood a little bit, and I was just talking to the audience, and just, I mean, we played in the afternoon. It was just great for us. I mean, it was just a great show, but I think I said something like, uh, I, I made a joke, like we were supposed to headline, but we're older now, so playing at 4 p.m. is awesome, and, and uh, thank you guys so much for being here, and I said something like to the effect of... Um, you know, the lead singer talks too much. He's a little fat and sweaty, but that's okay. He's a pretty cool dude or something like that. <laughs> I just made this joke. Like, I was just talking to, like, people who had, maybe hadn't seen us anymore about what they would say about Emory. And then after the show, I thought, oh, wait a minute. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not, to these people, overweight. Like, that is only in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, in my brain, I am a fat guy. Like, even though I've worked super hard, like, it's funny, like, it, when I, I hadn't seen Josh and Dave in a long time, and they were both like, man, you're in great shape. You really are in the best shape of your life. I mean, we've, they've known me for years and years. You've known me for years and years and years, and y'all don't bat an eyelash. Yeah, you're in the best shape of your life. I'm not, y'all aren't saying I'm shredded in the bed, whatever, but y'all are saying you're in good shape. And uh, I really did think, oh, wow, hold on. I, I actually have a, I, don't, I wouldn't call it body dysmorphia, but I do see my body differently than I think other people do. Mm-hmm. And y'all know me, I go on trails with this stuff. So from that, I started thinking, oh, wait a minute. Now, that, that's interesting. Like, the way I view my body and the way I actually have even gotten that bigger body that changed me was because of abuse of food. Like, I literally have abused food. I'll, I'll gorge myself. You identify it that way, that, it, that your overweightness that you've always had is even your fault and sin? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I do believe that. Like, I, I have intentionally, continuously for several years eating too much food on purpose, knowing that it wasn't good for me. Like, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. I might eat too much. Uh, I might eat again too soon. I, d- I, like, let my desires or my taste buds rule as opposed to, hey, let me just think this through. Am I really hungry? Like, there, I would say for majority of my life, I never even thought to question how much do should I eat. Mm-hmm. Well, most people that are, are overweight, you know, you typically will get the line from them about, well, this is just the way I am, or this is my metabolism's different than yours, or I have right. my hormones or my thyroid. This and, and, and man, I'm glad you brought that up because w- one of my thoughts from this was, I think we give those people grace kind of too. I think most people in the church and stuff give people, well, that's just the way they are. I mean, they're, they're just big boned. I remember, I mean, seriously, people even gave me, my, my family was like, oh yeah, you're supposed, you got to be healthy. If I lost any weight, you know, you don't need to be skinny. 
or thin or whatever. That's that's just no good. And uh, I was thinking, that's crazy. We give grace to those people. Joey, I think you said this today. Like, uh, people so quickly go, oh, they're just a worrier. They just worry. That's just kind of in their DNA and stuff like that. And I but thought, that, yeah, that too can be sinful. Right. So you're, you're yeah, saying yeah. give them grace. Is that good though? Or are you saying that's not no, good? No, I'm just saying, it, I don't even know if it's good. Actually, it's probably not. Well, we I, it don't, might keep them there. Where Toby's going is we don't handle it how we handle homosexuality. That's, you know what I'm saying? So grace, whatever, however we react to the fat guy, the stingy guy, uh, the worrier, we handle gay people totally different. Mm-hmm. And like, what we are talking about today is when it comes to the question, can someone be a Christian and stingy with their money? Yeah, sure. They just need to work through that. Can someone be a Christian and fat and even a pastor? Yeah, sure. That's a blind spot. They probably need to work on how they're eating. Can someone be a Christian and gay? Yeah, I don't know about that one. There's a big distinction there. Yeah, it's not. It's just. It's not so easily accepted as. Oh well, that's just kind of how they are. Their identity is a little bit like that. That's just their body or whatever like that. It's not that. It's not given that freely at all in a lot of churches. And in fact, it's. It's. it's they need to admit how bad they are. And with with other things like with weight or with worrying or with even with money issues or divorce, uh, it's just tough. It's a tough. Everybody's a pretty quick to give them great. Now you know. I know it's not right. I know it's not right, but I mean, you know how many times I've seen people be totally okay with people living together before marriage, Christians living together before marriage, and they're like, oh, well, they're getting married, they're engaged. Like, it's like, oh, well, as long, you know, it's too hard not to have sex before marriage. Like, <laughs> listen, isn't listen, that crazy? Listen to the irony. Most people would respond by saying, yeah, but at least they know they're in the wrong, and at least... Right. Well, then that makes it worse. I know. <laughs> if someone's convinced that being gay is okay, and they're like, I'm a Christian, right. and I think it's a... Well, then the person that knows it's bad, it, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. O- overall, I've just been really thinking about this thought of just my own weaknesses, my own, the, my own things. And, and it's really interesting that I guess what I would have to say is I think a lot of Christians think homosexuality is icky. And they don't, they don't know anything about it. They don't have any friends with it. And it leads me to believe it. And so it's really easy when it's an issue to be hard on it. Uh-huh. When it's a person, it's a lot harder to be so hard and to their face and say some stuff. I mean, that, 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 I'm a prime example of this with, I, I can talk a lot of shit and say a lot of hard stuff on the podcast. And then when I meet the people, I'm uh, become more of a teddy bear. Like I just, I'm not as tough. I'm not as harsh because I go, oh, well, they're a human. Yeah. Oh, they're a lot. Well, like I mean, that. that's probably really the way it is with every issue because any, any other, anything you talk about, if you talk about, uh, food or gluttony or something like that, then it, you just go, well, I mean, some people are that way. Some people are overweight because of this. Some people, I would tell them if I knew, you know, to, to eat differently. Some people, I wouldn't. Some people, I mean, that's really the, the same thing with anything you, you would look at as an issue is it's, there, it's really just individual. So you don't have to have a stance on an issue and then apply. You, it's, it's never, it's always applied to individuals. So you could say very much so about, the issue of gay that it's just not an issue. It's just not that. It's just there's people, and then you don't have to have any stance on 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 it. You just have to, if you know people, then you can, whatever happens, happens. You could talk to them any way you want to or not or make any realizations or learn anything from them or, or not. But it has nothing, really, there's no reason to even say that you have a position, in my from my view. Well, I No think, position needed. I think the tough, that's, that's where I want to be, Matt, and that's, that's, 
that's where I'm currently at is I don't want us to have to have a position. I don't want it to have to even be an issue. But if a homosexual is in sin, I can see where somebody would say, okay, but in the church, we got to do something about it. But I just think that we all need to be like, okay, wait a second. This one is trickier though. All right, hold on. Let me say something. One, it's my 40th birthday. So Matt, I'm going to tell you how I'm celebrating. Okay. All right. And I really want, <laughs> that's why I gave you that look. Yeah. Like I really want. Joey, Matt, I'm on my last day, man. Today's Joey's last day of the keto diet, so he doesn't... Uh, and what, are you going back immediately? Yeah, he says he's going to drink and get drunk tomorrow. No, that's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. He, yeah, off air, Joey told me he's going to do all these... <laughs> he's going to eat only sugar tomorrow and drink beer all day. Uh, all right, back to, my, back to my awesome discussion that I've started here. One, I believe that it's something no matter what, no matter, take God out of the picture. I think it's something that probably most people will wrestle with. We wrestle with sex stuff no matter what, straight or gay. Yeah. And that's something that is going to be happening. So if somebody to me, it, uh, man, I really like your point too. It shouldn't be an issue because the only time I, I, I'm bringing it up now, but the only time I really want to talk about gay, it, if it's right or wrong or whatever, is if somebody asks me this well, gay. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about it now and I kind of have no clue why we would talk about it or anybody would. Like for instance, are there gay people in my church? I think so. But I, okay. I mean, that's right. where I'm at with that. It doesn't have any bearing on my stance right, or what I need to do next outlier. week or can I go to that church or what should the pastor do? I, the I just, point is you're the outlier, though. Most people are thinking, oh, there's gay people in a church. What, do, what does that mean about me? Should I uh, tell them about the gospel? Should I do something? I mean, that's right. what I'm saying. The majority I'm of saying, Christianity. Why don't so everybody be more like me? Right. Oh, is well, what I'm yeah, suggesting. Sure. Just I mean, don't. they would say, why don't you be more like them? You're not. Some people would say, Matt, you're hurting them. I right. mean, who, but who that's don't silly. If somebody's sinning, why don't you tell them the gospel? I mean, I've heard all other people's points of view, plenty of of that. I'm just saying, why don't we take the approach of, are there gay people at your church? Well, definitely. I mean, there are, and then... I'm in full agreement. My point would be is that's the initial point that I was making was, why can't we just give everybody grace equally? Why is there different tiers of grace? That's what I don't understand. Or different types, even. And that's what I'm saying. How is it... The person, if, if there was a person, Joey, that was cheating on their spouse in your small group, and they go, yeah, I'm cheating. I just don't, I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, my wife doesn't care, and, and we, we're totally fine, and that's just what it is. No matter what, what is your goal? To convince them that they're wrong? Right. Or is your goal to show them Jesus? Right, so, like if there's a whole category of people who are engaged and sleeping together, and they think it's not wrong. They're like, yeah, I, th- I think this is actually okay, given our culture and the way I interpret the Bible. I think it's fine that we're boyfriend and girlfriend, probably going to get married, and we sleep together. Now, do we need a position on those people? Because right. every church is full of them, and it's it, maybe they're even right that it's not that big of a deal, or it's even okay, or who knows, but you, you don't need a stance as a group on those people. That's not of those people. That's just they're just different individuals that may be getting something wrong or not. And that's just that one maybe seems clear, but same as you, yeah. So like your original point, the way you look at people, they have a body mass index over thirty five percent is how you should look at sexual orientation. I think yeah. identically <laughs> it would be. You don't actually know anything unless you know them, and then feel free to engage with any individual in any way you feel led. That's yeah. it. That's all. Hey, uh, little little plug. We have a part one and part two where uh, Priscilla joins us on Pastor with No Answers to talk about this. And this is where she gets really mad at me is she would be furious 
when I brought up uh, someone cheating on their spouse to even yeah. lump that in with this conversation. Right. And, the, and I understand it that. it sounds like you're labeling, for, yes. for starters, like, first of all, what y'all are both saying and all this so far that I've heard make your points of view are, see, you're not so anti-gay. You're actually, you know, you're actually the open-minded one. However, for compared to affirming, and what do you think you are? Most people are still hearing everything you guys are saying as starting from the assumption that it's wrong, but how do we deal with it? Yeah, that's no, what but, everything you guys are saying comes across like, and maybe. But I want to push the conversation that there are some very valid points that make this issue questionable. So, in other words, I do believe that we need to come to grips with. Wait a second, man, those people made some really good points on those passages that talk about this. So I, I'm at a place now where I'm like, I think I still think it's a it's a sin, and I know that's very offensive to a lot of people, but. It may not be. I mean, it may, and I just don't, I don't care. All I care about now is, this, is someone seeking Jesus or not? And at the end of the day, that's all that I'm concerned about. But here's, I think, and what I ask Priscilla to do more of is be more patient with people in the church. Just yeah. like I'm patient with my grandma when she says the N-word. It's, it's, it sends chills down my spine. I'm like, oh, don't say that. Actually, neither one of my grandmas did that, but my aunt, oh my gosh, my great aunt, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. So, like, we've got to have a little more patience with Christians that are just like, no, I mean, a sin is a sin. So well, that's why a good I point. I hope people hear, hear that or hear us three just saying, well, I don't know. We're trying to sort, sort it out, but I don't know. Give, me a, give us a few more. I don't know, months. Yeah, my goal is just an <laughs> even playing field where you're like, Years, I, don't, I, don't I don't give a shit about sin. I give a shit about Jesus. That would be, if we can just all just go that way, that's going to be open a lot more doors to conversation and you know people and you can meet them where they're at as opposed to just make stuff issues. I hate that. So, man, I think Matt has, my grandma died depression today. I do not. Matt, your grandma did die. We celebrated all you, week for, for it. So did you get in a okay. fight with Bridge or something? You, are, you do have a little bit of an attitude or something today. I've noticed a little bit of something like, did you get in a fight with Bridget or something bad happened or anything? Okay, my grandma died. It's a bummer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm actually in her house right now doing this podcast. Wow, is that weird? It's a little weird. Now, Joey wants to know, it's not for me, but I mean, do you still see her? Like, she's walking around? Like, <laughs> is Joey there a Nephilim carrying there, her around? Is there a ghost of your Mimi around? <laughs> she's cutting the grass in the backyard. Yeah. Y'all aren't going to believe this, but Mimi got done with the yard 20 minutes ago, and now, now she's pruning the bushes. <laughs> Joey saw, if Joey was there, he would see your grandma. Matt, you uh, fully on board, like, your biblical stance and stuff, do you fully think... Uh, apart from the body present with the Lord, like she's in heaven right now. I don't. Yeah, I don't believe in the ghost or anything like that. So I mean, yeah. I didn't know. Some people believe, you know, that you just you stay dead for until God uh, calls all children and stuff. You know. I mean, I guess I, here's where I'm at with pretty much everything. I, I'm really comfortable with this one. I don't know. You love saying. I mean, that. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think here's my stance on heaven fully. I believe that as soon as you die. Since God is outside of our human time, that everybody is there. Like, if I died today, y'all would be like, oh, no, Toby, but I would be in heaven with y'all. Like, I think that we're all there because time is irrelevant to God mm -hmm. so that we are all in heaven and all still living there. And it's like, it's, it's, a sphere, it's a sphere that God can come into at any time he wants as opposed to a timeline. Yeah, So I think I we're all there. 
Yeah. That's why I think it's so awesome when you get to heaven, even the people that you just left are welcoming you in. That's why it would sure. be so – imagine – I always thought it was kind of scary, like, oh, shit, I got to meet my great, 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 great grandfather. He's the person that's going to welcome me. I don't know who he is. Right. I don't know him. But if he's there and also Matt and Joey and Jess and Ruby and Ike are all there, that would be cool as hell. Like, oh, man, y'all guys are here? Yeah, Woo! I guess well, they, they, yeah, there'll be a lot of people to help break the ice. I think it'll be just fine, however it sorts out. But it's a bit weird going from we were at the festivals, you know, this week and hanging out and doing stuff. And there's that p- particular thing you do where we're, you know, we do all these VIPs and we do meet and greets and signings at tents and kind of thing like that. So it's just you stand there in a the line with your five guys and people come through and you sign stuff and you shake hands and you go, oh, you named your kid Emory. Okay, that's great, you know. And then, you know, fly 24 hours later and then I'm doing the exact same thing uh, in the receiving line for the, oh, the yeah. funeral. It was, a re- it was a weird flash flashback kind of thing. So yeah. it's really hard to fix. Now I got to talk, you know, I did sign a couple of shirts and, you know, sign my great aunt's boobs and stuff like that. As I, <laughs> when, you know, coming through the receiving line is an odd parallel. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Hey, real quickly, I did just have this thought, though. How awesome will it be? All the Christians, they get to the pearly gates and they think it's heaven, and then they just hear uh, <laughs> the gates open. And it's just all gay people going, here we go! Ale, ale, ale! Oh, God! Like, would that be hell for all the Christians? <laughs> what? They no! made it! They're in here! Ale, ale, ale! Here we go! Ale, ale, ale! It'd be all just like a crazy flamboyant party. That'd be so cool. All right, Joey, you know I've been out on the road um, touring all these festivals. It's been several weeks so far, and uh, there's more coming. And I want to tell you something that is so cool. I took one Harry's razor blade with me. Yeah. The, they, they sent me the handle. They sent me a, the blades. And I took one with me for well over a week. And then I took that same blade with me for well over another week. And that's all I needed. Yeah. I've never said this. I often shave like dry. I don't use, I don't use, I know it sounds hilarious. I do not use like shaving cream sometimes. And especially when I'm on the road because I just don't want to carry it with me or it's too big to carry on the plane. And Harry's razors always gives me the smoothest shave. And that's crazy. Like, I mean, a cheap blade rips my face apart and I hate it, but I am able to use Harry's razors even without their awesome shaving cream. Totally. Also, let me mention the new handle. They sent me the new handle. It's called the Truman handle. And they got customer feedback on it and even, you know, redesigned to have this thing. So it's rubberized and uh it, it gives you even more control. Non-slip grip is what they what they say about it. So they've they've also improved the fitting where the blade cartridge attaches to the handle. And maybe you don't know so much about razors as I do, but that's called the pusher, you know, in the biz. But uh, you know, don't worry. Same blades fit it even if you get that handle and you already have the other blades. And I'm telling you from the customer service to the packaging to just how it looks in the bathroom. It, I know it sounds silly, but... Now, Joey, at least you have to leave the house to go get it, don't you? Uh, no, buddy. It comes right to your front that's door. That's exactly <laughs> right. It comes directly to your front That's what I can't believe, that such a good quality razor would come directly to my door. It is awesome. So why would you pay $32 for an eight-pack of blades when you can get them for half the price at harrys.com? The Harry's Starter Set is an amazing deal. For just $15, get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. Toby forgot the best part, man. What is it, dog? Hit him with it. Uh, Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with this promo code. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to harrys.com, and then 
Enter promo code BCPOD at the checkout, and you get $5 off your first order. You can't pass this up, man. You got you to give it a try. You're going to be hooked. Uh, so, again, go to harrys.com right now with promo code BCPOD at checkout. Get your $5 off. Start using Harry's today. Hey, Toby, you know how you're super stellar at finding really good deals with, like, hotels and stuff? Like, you're the go-to guy. Sure. It's crazy. You've got organizations that are finding the best hotel prices. You've got organizations that are finding the best airline prices. Now you, get, you actually now, with Score Big, that's who we're talking about right now, you've got an organization that's going to find you the best price of shows and events and sporting mm-hmm. events to go to. That's pretty cool because oftentimes we've all been there. We've paid too much for tickets. I mean, you've got the markups. You've got the last-minute convenience charges that they just slap on at you. I mean, even you got fees for printing at home. It's just ridiculous. Score big changes all that. Yeah, it's really awesome for me because I'm going to use I use score big for Atlanta Braves tickets. Yeah, didn't you use score big? Yeah, I'm going to opening day Mariners opening day. Hey, that's baseball, baby. Because when my family's in New York City, we're getting Yankees. Oh, that's so (laughs) awesome. We're all going to go see Major League Baseball. Score big for baseball. That's (laughs) awesome. That's really cool. You guys listening, you're paying too much for tickets between all the markups and last minute convenient charges. Uh, convenience charges, even print-at-home fees, you end up paying courtside prices for nosebleed seats. And yep. that's where scorebig.com comes in and changes all of that. How do they do it? Well, did you guys know that 40% of all live events tickets go unsold? Mm-mm. And that's how Scorebig's able to do it. And did you know that there's a place to get these seats at huge savings and it's called scorebig.com scorebig works directly with your favorite teams and artists to get their unsold seats at unpublished prices and only at scorebig.com can you name a ticket price and be guaranteed to pay below box office price up to 60 percent off so here's what you guys got to do one go to scorebig.com and find the event and seats that you want two make an offer with scorebig's name a ticket price feature three Get an instant answer and save up to 60% on your ticket. No surprise fees and fi- shipping fees, just unbeatable prices on great seats. And when you're in great seats, you actually enjoy the game and show all that more. So tell them one more time, Joey. It's scorebig.com and use promo code BADCHRISTIAN. That's scorebig.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. Get $20 off your first ticket purchase yep scorebig.com click on the microphone enter promo code bad christian and you'll save an extra 20 dollars off your first ticket purchase go there now this summer there is one christian music festival that will rise above them all in a small town in illinois audio feed festival will feature bad christian (coughs) bad Audio, I'm sorry. <clears throat> There's going to be a bad Christian day at Audio Feed Festival. is is what I'm trying to say. The festival is June 30th through July 3rd. Bad Christian Day is July 2nd. There's going to be four stages, over a hundred bands, camping, movies, speakers, and on Bad Christian Day itself, Emory's going to play with Devin. Matt and Toby and Devin are going to play acoustic. And the Bad Christian Podcast is going to be taping an episode live. It's an event that we really 
truly hope everybody comes to. Uh, you can get your tickets now at badchristianday.com. See all the bands, see everything else that's going on. We're going to make sure to meet everybody. It's going to be in Urbana, Illinois. A lot of our friends are going to be there. Propaganda will be there. Preston Sprinkle will be there. I really do think it's going to be a good festival, and we hope to see all of you there. Again, go to badchristianday.com. Get your tickets today, and buy, please buy it through our link, badchristianday.com. <laughs> So, hey, we're, we're happy to have you on here, man. I just want to jump right in and um, hear about Scum of the Earth Church. That's one of those names where people, are, it's it catches your attentions for, uh, for sure. And you're in Denver, correct? That is right. Yeah, where are you guys? Uh, we're both in Charleston the right Bible now. Belt, baby. That's right. Wow. Yeah, That's we right. didn't even know they had Christians in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> we thought y'all were just all Satanists. Yeah, well... Uh, a friend, are high, so it doesn't count. <laughs> a friend of ours just moved to Denver and started a church called Front Range Church, and uh, I wanted to ask you: Would you uh, would you say that Scum of the Earth Church is reactionary to modern day uh, mega church culture or just church culture in general? Went on your website a little bit, which obviously you can't you can't get the heart of a church from a website sure. but uh outside of like content and just how you guys uh carry yourselves it seems like just like a regular church like you got your church service times you've got different yep. things like celebrate recovery to get involved in and that sort of thing would you say the content aspect and and how you guys communicate is the main distinction yeah, I would say, and I've been asked this question before, and I would always say that we're not doing church differently. We're just doing it with different people. Yeah. So, yeah. And who so, are those people, Mike? Well, um, typically um, people, the left out, I guess, the, the people on the margins, uh, the sometimes the right brain have a hard time finding a place in the church. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that... Uh, yeah, people on the fringe, and it could be people who are just. We kind of see ourselves as uh, if you, if you drew a circle, and that was the kingdom of God inside that circle, and everything outside the circle would be the world. Right. Uh, we we like to picture ourselves as being right on the perimeter, and our our vision statement is uh, we're not post um, on the perimeter of God's kingdom, finding redemption in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So that's kind of what we want. We want to be doorkeepers, basically. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. How do you make those people on the fringe feel comfortable? Like, why would they come to Scum of the Earth Church as opposed to any other, the, the First Baptist Church on the corner? Well, as one goth guy told me uh, who came to Scum replete in his goth attire, he said, You didn't bat an eye. He just said, Hi, welcome to Scum. Um, I think it's just that we're not phased by by that kind of thing, and it's more about you know 16 years ago. I mean, 16 years ago when we started, I mean, if you had tattoos, sometimes you were asked to cover them up, yeah, so yeah. it wouldn't be a distraction to other worshippers or put your long hair under a hat or something. Uh, you know, nowadays you have senior pastors showing off their tattoos yeah. while they're yeah. preaching, so. It's different, but I think the uh, ethos is still the same in that, you know, we just don't care <laughs> what they look like or even what they act like because, uh, trust me, we've had plenty of interruptions um, from people who were under the influence of different kinds of spirits or a different spirit. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Are y'all pretty conservative? Would y'all consider yourselves conservative, um, like pragmatically and theologically and uh, that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, which is something that's uh, been a consternation to people. Uh, I think because we're so liberal socially yeah. uh, and, uh, and probably, I mean, most of the congregation politically – that when they find out that we're very conservative theologically, it throws them for a loop, and they can't quite put the two together. How does it sit with you if I said, ooh, that sounds a lot like Mars Hill? Are you like, ugh, don't do that? Or are you like, yeah, that's badass? <laughs> uh, which Mike's Mars like, Hill? no comment. <laughs> you mean the Mars Hill formerly in Seattle? Yeah, you know? yeah. The, church, yeah. the artist formerly known as Mars Hill. Yeah, two-thirds two of us, Toby and Matt, uh, Matt's grandma passed away, so he can't be on this call, but they both spent a large portion of their life involved in, in that Yeah, I worked church, there so. for a year, and I attended right. for several years. So. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, there's a lot to respect about uh, Mark Driscoll and, and what he was able to do and how he spread the gospel, uh, but I would say that... Uh, we're not like Mars Hill. Um, I think that. Um, well, let's see. How would I put it? I certainly don't don't throw my weight around as a church authority nearly as much. Yeah. As Mark would, um, I, I tend to try to earn the right to be heard, and uh, I I lead I guess with influence more than with uh, governmental authority. Uh, um, uh, that makes sense. Much more, I'm much more of a shepherd uh, than Mark is. Uh, I, I think that Mark's a prophet, so to speak, yeah. in terms of his his demeanor. Uh, uh, and I would be, you know, a much kinder and gentler yeah. than, than than that. And and I think that we're we're certainly more open to women in leadership uh, than Mars Hill was by far. Damn. Uh, so what is, go into that too, though. What does that What does that mean? Because a lot of churches are waking up to the reality of women in leadership. What does that mean at your church? Well, you know, we have a strange uh, kind of mix. We made a compromise. I think was a really healthy one. So when we started, and we were doing this whole church government thing, we were trying to figure out um, the place of men and women together in the body of Christ. Because, I mean, frankly. Any picture of heaven I've ever seen is egalitarian, um, and uh, uh, where there is no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no male, there's no female. We're all one in Christ. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I, and yet, um, you know, when it comes to the home in uh, in Ephesians uh, five, uh, when it comes to the church, there seems to be some kind of a of an authoritative kind of hierarchy and uh, and of course that hierarchy means that if you are the head of anything then you are the one expected to to sacrifice the most and to take it on the chin and to whatever uh, you know you don't you don't lead with uh, with an iron hand you uh, you lead with uh, I guess uh, a bloody cross or something uh, that so you uh, so there were those who thought you know the the head of the church I mean the leadership the elders whatever have to be men according to you know first Timothy and Titus right. and things like that and then 
Uh, there were others who said, no, 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 women need a voice. And so what we did was um, <laughs> we, uh, we made uh, – We have all arm wrestle, girls <laughs> against guys. Yeah. We made the eldership a singular position. So there was one elder at Scum of the Earth. Uh, that elder currently is me, um, not just by experience but by age, as you can well, that's quite convenient, Mr. Pastor and Elder, right. making all the rules, executing no, no, no. them. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've gone too far. So, so we have a church council uh, of which I am a member. Uh, I have one vote on a council of seven people. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a requirement that there are a minimum of either two men or a minimum of two women on that council besides me. So we will never have more than, um, well, five guys and two women or five women and two men. Yeah. Um, so in addition to that, we have women on staff. We call them pastors and we allow them to, uh, to preach and to teach um, because they are under my authority I am the, I'm the elder, and um, and there, so it, it's kind of this. Um, it works out a lot more egalitarian uh, in structure. It is complementarian. So I, I don't know how to. Now what if what if but, what if the elder was the girl, and there was girls teaching under her? Would y'all be down with that, or is that no, taking things uh, too daggone far? That would well, and that was part of the compromise. So the elder will always be uh, a man. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Let me ask you this. So how the church is kind of operating in, in on the uh, Internet and all that stuff, everybody. And Mike, I'm sorry. I mean, like, we are interviewing you. This is really professional. And Joey has his shoes off and is playing with his toes. Yeah, sorry so about just that. Just so you know, I want to apologize to you because that is disgusting even to me, his co-host. I'm scum <laughs> of the earth, baby. I am scum of the earth. Yeah, your church title is exactly describing the pastor of my church. <laughs> he is the pastor of the church I attend, and it is disgusting. Hey, which brings up a good point. Do you guys ever have, like, really well-to-do, preppy, more wealthy, like, I, I know this sounds really Preps. silly. I'm just saying, like, you you say that you kind of reach out to the outliers and, and folks that kind of just feel like outcasts. Do you also have people that are just readily accepted in culture and, you know, put on a pedestal and, oh, man, that's an all-American Colgate smile kind of guy. Do y'all get those kind of folks or just the... Yeah, yeah. It always amazes me, too, that we have... We have those uh, folks. But usually, uh, honestly, there's a reason. I think everybody who comes to Scum is a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion. I mean, uh, they're just nerdy or they're um, geeky or they're uh, artistic or they're angry or, you know, something socially awkward. <laughs> whatever, whatever. It seems like we're a bunch of misfits. It's like the island of misfit toys, yeah. Spiritually, yeah. Uh, and, and so, but so, yeah. I mean, and I would say that where most churches have a growing edge and accepting the kind of people who are the run of the mill at Scum of the Earth, I would say that we have the same growing edge when it comes to accepting and engaging people who are, you know, Southern bells and and uh, CEOs. Uh, and and not that on the flip side of that, 
it's a younger congregation, so they're really hungry for people you know, who have lived a little bit of life and who are kind and generous and Christ-like. And so there's a huge draw to people. Um, and we've had people who have been extremely successful in the secular business world who have found a home at Scum and have just found more uh, surrogate spiritual children than they ever thought they would have. And it's been a wonderful kind of meeting of uh, the generations, too. Yeah. One, one question that um, I'm, I'm wondering, you guys being in Colorado and now that marijuana is legal there, I am wondering mm-hmm. what is uh, like what are you guys seeing in the sense of Christianity? For example, I mean, alcohol is legal, and you go, well, okay, you know, in moderation, you can have alcohol. What are right. you guys? Are, are people starting to do you know smoke marijuana more or eat marijuana more or whatever it might be? But like, what is how is is that affected y'all at all? Have y'all have seen any change whatsoever? And we see the paraphernalia in the background. So yeah, yeah, I, I love your bong mister. table. The table of your bongs. Is it's just immaculate. <laughs> is that like, I think I count 37 bongs back there, Mike. That is – you rule, dude. It's great. I mean, he's got a Cypress Hill shirt on. I mean, All the just... black light posters are just so rad. <laughs> yeah, but has, has anything changed or is it like just business as usual? Well, honestly, I mean, people were smoking weed before. <laughs> right, right. It just happened. I mean, uh, we had to come up with a – stance, uh, and we didn't write it down or anything, at least, well, we might have written it down, uh, <laughs> I can't remember, but, uh, but basically it's this, it's, it's look, we, we don't forbid drinking because we see drinking in the Bible, uh, we just uh, don't condone drunkenness, and so I think you'd have, we, we felt we had to do something even-handedly uh, with marijuana, and the idea was okay, um, as long as you, you know, you can smoke, but you can't get high. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if, the only thing you can do with marijuana, right? Like, like well, yeah, yeah, right. So you know, it's like, well, I, I, I personally uh, don't use. Uh, none of the staff uses. I think none of the leaders that I know use. We would have a serious. Um, conversation. In fact, we have had serious conversations with leaders, potential leaders, uh, who've used and, and we've made it an issue. Um, so that's handled more on a personal basis. But overall, um, I don't see how you can uh, make a different theological stance with with marijuana than you make with alcohol. So, yeah, that's the best we've gotten so far. I'm not even sure if that's great. Right. It's just the best right. we've come up with so far. It's going to be an interesting issue going forward because as it becomes more and more legal, like I've said this before, um, I don't know if you've ever heard any of the other podcasts or not, but I've said like for me, marijuana, no matter what, is always going to be bad because that's what I was told from day one of my life. I mean, I saw videos, uh, you know, about just it wrecking your life and it's just awful and terrible. It's the worst thing ever. And then, and so now, no matter what, even if I see the benefits from it, like if, if there are benefits for people with whatever conditions, cancer or glaucoma, whatever it might be, still there's going to be a little bit of, uh, uh, of me that thinks ah, it, it's illegal or it's bad. So I'm, I don't know if I can ever shake that or not, but I do wonder, like, I mean, there, 
like most people that are uh, addicted to drugs are prescription drugs. Like prescription drugs are just right. terrible, and those are accepted. So I do wonder. Like that's why I think it's interesting. Like a place like Colorado, like because the truth is too. All I've heard is good things. Like we've had some friends. Uh, that told us that like crime has been down, drunk driving is down, uh, you know, the economy yeah. is booming, and all kinds of good things that are happening in Colorado. So I wonder, Don't like, bit about the driving, dude. Do Cause, I? Because high driving is up. I can, t- I mean, I can tell you that right now. I mean, it's interesting. yeah, the, the, interesting. The results are not good when it comes to the driving bit. Uh, driving while high has become has become an issue, and um, you know, you, I mean, it's just people are supposed to only be able to smoke in the privacy of their own home or in right. uh, you know, special right. locations and you know they're they're doing it right on the street I mean they're just taking it an extra it's kind of like you know when the speed limit is 25 miles an hour and you go 30 you know that's kind of what's going on here with with weed and it's not just the uh, it's not just the 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 smoking it's I think the, the real danger in Colorado has been uh, all the marijuana THC byproducts so you can get wasted really quick and really far compared to what people were doing you know 20 years ago smoking a joint it's uh, you have little kids getting into it sometimes and going to the hospital and because it looks like candy um, right, it's just, right yeah so yeah it's it there's a seamy underside there really is yeah I, I, I mean I guess my point would be there's probably a semi underside to a lot of stuff. So I don't know, like statistically all the stuff I've read has been really beneficial. So mm-hmm. that, that's the only thing as far as if you're, if you're talking about a capitalistic society, Colorado has benefited from making money off of the mar- marijuana, uh, oh, yeah. tons of stuff like that. So the only thing I, I, the, the interesting thing to me is just watching like what will be the church's stance because for sure, more prescription drugs are sold than marijuana. Like that, right. that I mean, more people are overdosing on prescription mar- drugs you than know, marijuana, and, and, and those things are legal. So I do wonder, like, what, like, when it, our priority now, and, and once again, I'm, I'm just talking about this as like a, a thought idea or whatever, uh, a thought experiment. Just to, you don't just, smoke weed. Just, I don't smoke weed. It's, it, it is illegal in my state. Um, mm-hmm. And so I do wonder, though, like, what will the church say? say about that because for sure uh, i do wonder like uh, a couple glasses of wine what is that in comparison to smoking a joint yeah i don't think we have a strong leg to stand on when it comes to making a firm stance and part one thing that you said that and then i i made another connection is people take pain medication for physical pain right Mm -hmm. and that makes them a little bit high and a little bit loopy what's the difference in taking a puff of marijuana for emotional pain if it wasn't abused. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I'm just saying, what if both people did it in a very healthy way to where it wasn't a, a, a lifestyle deal, but somebody had chronic back pain and they would take pain medicine every once in a while and then someone that had emotional pain would take some... I mean, well, I don't know. Just proposing questions right. here. Well, well, yeah, I think you make a good point. It is really interesting to try and figure out the, uh, that distinction and if you have pain, 
taking something that alleviates that. Right. Like, especially if we're talking about emotionally. Like, I mean, that that's what's really crazy because we would say Jesus would be the answer of all all pain. You know what I mean? Like that 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 you could do that. So I do think it's interesting. And the biggest reason I bring this up just because it's legal in your state, Mike. I mean, I just think hey. that 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 is setting a precedent uh, that's not happening in what I, I mean. The only other place that's legal is what like. Uh, uh, Washington, maybe, and California's medical or something. I think there's only like two, three states, but you guys are fully legal, and I think that's interesting. Just what what will happen? Because it, what what if somebody comes to your church and goes, "Yeah, I smoke weed, and that's just what I do," but I believe in Jesus. Like oh. you don't you don't turn them away, right? Yeah, I deal with that every day. So yeah. here's here's a here's a conundrum. So you have a person who comes to your church struggling uh, with just hurts from the past and yeah. uh, in serious ways when this person drinks just out of control I mean to try and self-medicate from the pain of the past loves Jesus going to counseling going to prayer trying to figure it all out but still you know falls off the wagon drinks and terrible things happen but um, but when uh, THC is used and, and they, they actually have marijuana without the THC in it as well. So you can get some of the medical benefits without getting high. Like you can, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big, giant um, body of information that I'm unfortunately not really well versed in or fortunately well, not really yeah. well yeah. versed in. But so when uh, take a puff on, on a pipe and uh, without the THC and you calm down, I'm thinking, okay, so... What would you, would you rather have me do, Pastor? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough subject, and and I think, you know, the the rule of thumb is is acceptance without approval uh, in cases of drunkenness, acceptance without approval in cases of abuse of any kind of prescription medication or even you know illegal drug. Like I, I'm not gonna. I'm going to accept you. You can be part of the part of the family. We're going to love you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to. It's like having your own kids who are off doing all sorts of crazy stuff and and you know putting themselves in danger. Yeah. You're going to accept them. You're going to protect them the best you can. It doesn't mean you approve of of what they're doing. Totally. Hey, so with uh, Reese Roper, there are people getting tired of that ska worship shit that y'all do every single Sunday morning. <laughs> I mean, just every Sunday, the ska yeah. worship is. Every- how'd you uh how'd you get connected with those guys are they from denver i don't even know tobin maybe knows the guys from five iron friends are they from denver i never met them yeah they were from denver uh the way it happened was i was the uh young adult and singles uh director at this presbyterian church and uh, a couple guys showed up one day it was actually the bass player for five iron uh keith Actually, there really wasn't even a complete Five Iron at that point. Yeah. At that yeah. point, Dang, Five Iron was time, a man. side project for a death metal band that they were doing called Exumator. <laughs> but um, <Wow>. they, <laughs> so so um, Keith and then Larry, the sound guy, showed up, and I got to know them a bit. Invited me to a concert. I came. Um, I brought a couple guys, a couple of the young guys from church. One of which played trombone and a number of, number of other instruments. His name was Dennis. I said, hey, Dennis, there's no trombone player. And he goes, Mike, 
trombone gigs are hard to come by. <laughs> then then I'm, I'm looking for them after the concert, a little tiny thing in an old abandoned church. And um, uh, I couldn't find him. And finally he came to the car and he goes, hey, I got an audition with the band. And so uh, Dennis Culp ended up joining the band, became their trombone player, primary arranger, their business manager. And they just, they just took off after nice, that. And, nice. and I became the band pastor. That's cool. Uh, so we, uh, I remember uh, Leonor, the sax player, saying, Mike, we're the only band I know out there with a mission statement and goals for the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good job, Pastor Mike. All right, well, scumoftheearth.church. Uh, you can go to mikesayers.com. That's S-A-R-E-S. All this stuff will be on the show notes. And uh, Twitter, scum underscore Mike Sayers. But most importantly, now the notes that you gave us, I'm a little confused. Can people get your book now or because it's in its first printing, it's not out yet? Give us a scoop on no, your no, book. No. It's, it's been out for uh, about five years or okay. so. So you can get it on Amazon uh, at I University Press. Um, most places online, yeah. And it's called Pure Scum, The Left Out, The Right Brained, and The Grace of God, correct? Correct. Awesome, man. Well, what are people going to you know, basically get when they read the book? What's the purpose of it? I think they're going to get three things. I think they're going to get um, what uh, I think are some of the most important aspects of the Christian life for young Christians or even old Christians. Uh, that people don't talk about much, like yeah. how important it is to to take risks for the kingdom. Yeah, um, I think they'll get some uh, insider information on Five Iron Frenzy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the scum of the earth church. Um, but mainly, uh, hopefully, they'll get inspiration to live a life of faith uh, and to follow Jesus, no matter how scary it looks. Yeah. Awesome. That's really interesting. My, I've I've really been thinking about. It's funny that you use that word risks. Like I was, we're actually kind of working on our book right now, and I I do see that common thread in churches that they are afraid to take risks and like because you might fail or what that means. And you know what I mean. Like if you fail, maybe that would be the end of it all or whatever. But like that isn't that shouldn't be scary. Like it, if. If anything, the Bible shows me it's love people and be a little crazy, be a little radical or something like that. And so I, I really this should be a good book to read for me because I, I've been really thinking that like are people now so set and we have a system that's so set that we're afraid to take risks and put ourselves out there to, to maybe even look foolish for like, like that was the coolest thing. Like David slept with a lady who was married and killed her husband. But, man, he just was like, God, I'll live as crazy as I can for you. <laughs> so take risks by sleeping no, with other no, people's no, wives. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he wasn't even a good dude. But the reason why his heart was after God or a man after God's own heart is because he would just give God everything. Oh, he would tell God, I'll, I'll kill people. You know, <laughs> kill them all, Lord. I'm asking you to kill everybody. Like crazy stuff that you would go, oh, my Lord, this is a terrorist in this day and age or something like that. But, I mean, like I just think it's interesting, like – not being complacent in our faith and it really owning it and living it. So uh, taking risks, I think, are, are, are a huge part of that for sure. So anyway, well, Mike, man, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm honored to even be asked. Thanks. Yep, yep for sure. Hopefully we'll see you in uh, Colorado sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah, come on by. All right, sweet, man. Thank Good you, Mike. To you. All right, fellas. Knocked out another good interview there. Oh, man. 
I'll tell you what, we sure did. We're really, really, really good at this. I think we've kind of reached the highest level of what of our of our I craft. I don't think that's true. Joey, and, uh, Joey looks a hundred percent like he is almost unconscious right now. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, he looks like exactly the way I look at Georgia when I nudge Bridget and say, "Look at her, look at her." She's about to go to sleep. <laughs> Just watch we'll look at her. She's you might be able to catch asleep. that moment where she closes her eyes and so sweet. That's why yeah, I'm looking at Joey dog. right now. Yeah, that's funny, <laughs> Joey, you love relaxing, right? Is that your your goal in everything you do? Is to relax? Yeah. Stay calm. Can we get to the truth? I'm just I'm tired of talking about your your. Uh, <laughs> you just asked me a question. <laughs> You're it, a that was just <laughs> killing time. The only real question we need to know no is: one, Are you tired? No one listening right now wants to think about you chilling and relaxing and and like sprawling out on the couch. Well, y'all brought it up. So Matt, you know Matt's right. Stupidity. Matt says I should get rid of the couch. I don't know why. Yes, I, I should you get rid of the couch. I you should have a about, folding chair for this guy. I, hey, hey, listen, listen. I only listen. have a couch for you to be nice to you. No, that but is you not true. Abuse it. That is not true. I have asked to sit in a chair, and there's you, a chair right there. You want a chair right, space? That's not true. I have a giant table, a table that you can sit at. I'll sit there every time, starting next All week. All right. All right, starting next week, Joey will no longer be lounging on the couch. I'd be happy be to. Get him a microphone a stand that attaches to the table where he can't hold it or rest it on his chest during the podcast anymore. I'm also I'm going to attach like some cables from the ceiling that will hold him up so he can't <laughs> sprawl out. I, I love it how Pastor uh, Rick Warren and Osteen both rest the microphone on their chest when they talk, <laughs> when they address their audience. <laughs> Your actions are hurtful to people, and you don't even realize. <laughs> Matt, did you kick the music? Yes, yeah, roll in. In a world where your friend is slowly killing himself by just sprawling <laughs> and lounging and just desiring sugar constantly. My name is Toby Morell. It's the damn it's news. the damn news. I haven't had sugar in a long time, my friend. Are you going to stay, stay away way? from it? I'm going to definitely have a lower sugar intake and carbs. You know what you should eat? But, like, I'm going to enjoy banana shit. once. Because <laughs> the way you act and the way you treat your body is shitty. You hurt your family. You hurt your kids. The things that you do are not good for a man of your uh, clout in, in this community. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to let you say whatever since it's your stupid birthday. Music publisher agrees to pay $14 million to end happy birthday song lawsuit. Oh, my gosh. Don't talk so loud. You're distorting the, the stuff. Gosh. Are you serious? The birthday song? What that did Toby just say even? This come from the Guardian. Are you even listening? Months after Judge ruled Warner Chapel did not own lyrics, the famous tune will finally enter the public domain next month if the settlement is approved. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you gotta stop. You have to. Can you not even understand that there's some people that listen to this podcast for the first time and they just cannot possibly understand 43% of the things you do because they might be new listeners. There's just no way they can understand what's happening. Right? You make, 
You make them hate you. <laughs> no, you make them hate us because then I have to point that out, and now I'm asshole man. <laughs> so, good job. Well, I have a interesting thing to say. To oh, cool. That's not professional how you just started that news story, but go ahead. You don't say that you have something interesting. You just say it, and you let that land wherever it needs to. But New listeners, ahead. I'm sorry. This isn't the podcast for well, you. I'm trying to this buy is an inside, inside joke book. only club that you're not welcome in. Please do not listen to further episodes. Well, let me explain. Oh, to that me. was an inside uh, joke. That let was me explain wisdom, to the listeners Matt. here that for was a wisdom. Hold on. I literally just deleted the article that I was reading. <laughs> 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 so the thing that I was about to read disappeared, but. But I'm we know so the story. Fast. Happy I'm birthday's so, public domain now. So right, we can talk I'm about so that. so fast that I found it again. So this comes from The Guardian. That's how quick I am. The world could be free to sing happy birthday without being sued as early as next month. In a settlement filed with courts on Monday, music publishers Warner Chapel agreed to pay $14 million to end the lawsuit challenging its right to happy birthday to you, possibly the world's most famous song. Y- y'all think that is the world's most it famous is. song? It is. More than like Amazing Grace? Yeah. What, what do definitely. you think top five most famous songs in the world? Happy birthday, Amazing Grace. That's probably, I mean. Jingle Bells is pretty popular. Jingle That's, Bells. Is that even in other countries, you think? Mm, yeah. I don't know about other countries. I was going to say something like. Uh, probably yeah. if you're happy and you know it. What about oh Danny boy the lion? Uh, yeah, and old old folk tunes. Yeah, like old folk tunes, I think for sure. Be. But happy birthday! Most do, do all countries kind of sing that same tune and everything? That's kind of interesting. I'd, I'd like to know that for sure. No, I don't think so. The the tune is long uh, has a long contentious history stretching back uh, to the late 19th century, and Warner Chapel brought. Uh, bought the rights for $22 million in 1988 and has since made an estimated $2 million a year licensing the song for movies and TV. But back in September, U.S. District Judge George H. King ruled that Warner Chapel did not own the lyrics to the song, just some of its musical arrangements. Next month, King will, uh, King will get to approve the settlement filed on Monday, making the song available to the public. So basically, I guess that, that's really interesting so no matter what, if they ever sing "Happy Birthday" in a movie, they right. this company this is no different than using one of our songs or whatever. In fact, it, in live applications, they own the license too, and you owe them. So anytime you're at Ryan Steakhouse or Golden Corral, and they come around, clap, 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 "Happy, happy birthday!" We're so glad you're here. That's because they can't sing. They literally cannot sing without paying the normal "Happy Birthday." That's why all the songs have the altered version. All the restaurants have the altered version. So wait, though, you, you actually think that they paid, I mean, uh, a, a restaurant doesn't have to pay for that, do they? That's why they sing that goofy version of it, where they, happy, happy birthday, we're but so glad would, you're here, because they don't sing happy birthday to you, or they would owe money, legally, because oh. their lawyers say, don't do it. Of course, you could get away with it, but, you know, legal oh, advice for a large chain would be, don't do that song, or technically, you'll owe Warner Chapel royalty for the use of but that song. But they were probably able to sue either way, because they said they own the lyrics, and now this judge says you don't own the lyrics, but right. that's it. That's really crazy. That's why they don't sing normal happy birthdays in restaurants, is my point. Wow. Because it's an owned piece of music that is licensed. Now, what really sucks is this company, who did they pay that money when they bought the song Happy Birthday? Well, whoever in, owned it in 1982. I don't know. How do you have Somebody like, owned it before I that. mean, you have just a piece of paper that says you own the song Happy Birthday? <laughs> you, you, you sound bizarrely unfamiliar with how intellectual property and song licensing works. Give it for somebody who makes his career in, in that exact I industry. know, but what I'm saying is, 
I, I, I'm, I get it, but I mean, that song is so well known and nobody knows who wrote it mm-hmm. or anything. Like, it's just weird that somebody says, yes, I own this song. It was like a patent. You don't know who made the patent for the, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like this company, this, uh, this is just like a, one of those patent troll that's people. Right. That just it's intellectual property, exactly. And all they did the was buy way. a happy birthday just to make money and screw everybody that else. That is exactly the case. I don't know if it was intent was necessarily screw people as much as simply collect $2 million a year. Yeah. I mean, the people that are paying for it are <laughs> big movies, they figure, and whatever. Yeah. All right, I got another one news for you guys, and I think this is pretty cool. Uh, this comes from Huffington Post. This guy is pretty sure he found fossils from Noah's flood. Nice. Joey, I thought you'd be interested in this. I love history. <laughs> what? Where do you think this guy found the fossils? If you could take a guess, what, just guess where you think he found the fossils, Joey <sighs> and Matt. The okay. bottom of Mount Ararat. Okay. Uh, Matt, where do you think he found the fossils? I'm thinking the backyard of his trailer park in Arkansas is my guess. Well, Matt, you are so close. It's, te- it's Texas, my friend. In Texas. A Texas man says he found fossils from Noah's flood and the director of the, an anti-science museum that claims, uh, and the director of an anti-science museum that claims evolution is an old-fashioned theory is supporting him. Wayne Probst has, was helping his aunt out laying dirt near her home in the town of Tyler, Texas. When Man, boy, out of the whole world, I, I was know. only off by about 290 I miles. Know. I know. Isn't that crazy? When he found snail fossils, uh, he told the local news of KYTX, he and his aunt believe the fossils happened during the fabled worldwide fl- wide flood described in the biblical book of Genesis. From Noah's flood to my front yard. How much better can it get, Probst said. I mean, it, they go on to talk a little bit more, but I mean, this is just hilarious. What was like, the specific just, claim that, that, that would even warrant getting a new story here? Well, if, if you scroll on down here a little bit, my friend, he says the rocks, uh, an, an actual scientist... <laughs> How about James uh, Sagebill, uh, the collections manager at the Texas Vertebrate Paleontology Collections, told the Tyler Morning Telegraph that Probst fossils are actually millions of years old. The rocks there are about 35 to 40 million years old, and these little turret snails are commonly found in the marine rocks at that age. It's not unusual. He said millions of years ago, the place where Tyler, Texas now stands would have been coastline. So mm-hmm. basically, it's not that big of a deal. They were like, yeah, I mean, the world used to be flooded more and this isn't a sign that the entire world was flooded, just that basically where Tyler is, there was, it was a right. flood. And these snails are in these rocks. And it's pretty common. But this guy says, no, it's, the, it's Noah. Yeah. Hey, man, it's Noah. So that's it. Joey, uh, you think this guy's reaction helps Christianity or hurts it? Or is like, maybe that's good that he gives praise to the Lord for flooding the earth for this snail find. Hurts. Matt, what do you think? I mean, uh, uh, I don't, I don't suppose I mean, he's bringing attention to Christianity through science. Yeah, but I think it's not good. Uh, so you just, don't believe this guy? You don't think, you just think he decided, hey, these snails are from Noah's time, whatever. What do you mean? Do I believe that he really believes that? No, do you think, I mean, why wouldn't you think maybe he's right? The, the world flooded, so why wouldn't these snails maybe possibly be from, you know, the, the, the cataclysmic earth flood that God put upon the earth yeah maybe maybe so but i i wouldn't think so and i i think the key here is how he he is delivering it it kind of sounds just like a almost like yeah of course 
you know, instead of a, eh, may not be. Okay. That's the damn news from Toby Morrell. That is the damn news. And, uh, and, uh, I'm sorry. What's wrong? Are you okay? What are you sorry for? Are you going uh, through just something? Just because I was taking, uh, just, just so you guys know, I'm taking notes. Like, I'm not jerking off around on the well, computer. Hold, but on, I had to, hold, I had to, on, hold on. I had to pull up uh, this email. So, I've got some names that I want to. You want to say something that's more important than the BC Club names? Yeah, I do. Okay. Matt, uh, I don't know if Joy's even told you yet, but do you realize he's getting ready to take a sabbatical from our church job and that I'm actually the yeah. lead campus <laughs> pastor now for one month. I knew the <laughs> first part of that of that information. I did not know the second part of that. Yeah, totally. I'm a lame duck campus pastor. I told people at the staff meeting, I was like, oh, I'm going to default to Toby on that one because uh, he's got to make the decisions now. Uh, I'm, not that be, is, I mean, I'm going uh, to be a, a campus pastor as of next week. Actually, for real? Yeah, and Joey will be taking a month paid vacation off. That is unfathomable that you actually will be in charge of a whole campus of a church. I actually am proud of Joey for and, taking And by unfathomable, I, I mean wrong. Like, it's, it's simple. <laughs> like, Joey should not have allowed me to do this. I'm going to rule with an iron fist yeah. is what I'm thinking. Let me see. This brings up an interesting, interesting, interesting point. Toby, do you think I have seen a side of maturity in you by working with you at church that, that Matt has not seen? Like, do I have a perspective of you that Matt has not received? Because I've been on the road with you, and boy, you act a fool. I think I'm about the same. I think I'm the same in both places. Gotcha. Okay. Well, here, <laughs> here we go. It's... I guess it's Charla Hyatt, but if it's Charla, I'm sorry, but Charla Hyatt... Derek Durst, Matthew B. Hosey, Garrett Pratt, Travis Thibodeau, Thibodeau, Jason Sanford, Jason Kuhn, Samuel Porter, Seth Bolte, Ian Harris, Andrew Wall, Tyler Button, Runnels. Is that is that like is he trying to play around with a word and be something? Do something I don't know. We, Runnels. We, that's just that's first and last name, I guess. Nathaniel David Luke. And Wesley Venable, we love you guys. Thank you for joining the BC Club. And uh, yeah, we we if you want to look into the BC Club, go to badchristian.com forward slash contribute. And we're kind of excited about what the BC Clubbers are going to be getting here in the future. So thank you guys, Toby. Are you in the BC Club? Are you giving money to yourself weekly? No, oh, that's cool. I, most man. people give monthly. I think I actually give weekly. Oh, very cool. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And I'm borrowing it. <laughs> are you in the BC Club? Nope. You know, Christians are crazy, man. You think that everybody's a Christian in the BC Club? What? Our, our no. name is Bad Christian. You think some no. people? No, I know some for a fact. Are what? Are not. Tons of people say atheists. Um, that's why a lot of shit goes down in the Facebook page because yeah. some Christians are offended. But I would say for the most part, our BC Clubbers are pretty patient with one another, but there's definitely some people that in other people's minds, they take jokes way too far. Like the last supper, Jesus serving mayonnaise. that was supposed to be like semen. Yeah, just, uh, just stop talking about that. It's really hard to end these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.